Welcome to Connecting the Community podcast. I am your host, Marge Andre. I will be connecting you to people, organizations, and events that create community. I am creating this podcast in Richmond Hill, an eclectic and very culturally diverse community with lots of trees and streams and interesting people just up the hill from Toronto. On this podcast, I'm talking with Jeff Scott, the performer who stars in the upcoming show, Epic Elton, at the Richmond Hill Center for Performing Arts. The show is on October 7th at 8 p.m. Now, I don't talk with many of the performers that are at the theater, but since Jeff is a Richmond Hiller, I thought I'd like to. Welcome, Jeff. Oh, thank you very much. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah. No, Jeff, I'm very glad we found some time to have this conversation. Now, Jeff, how long have you lived in Richmond Hill? Did you go to school here? I I went to high school. I, start, I came to Richmond Hill in grade 10. Uh, I, I was born in the beaches downtown. Mm-hmm. Spent a little time when I lived with my parents in North York. And then came to Richmond Hill with them, of course, it was right the tail end of grade nine. So we're talking 40, <laughs> 41 years ago. <laughs> okay. And what high school did you go to? So I went to Langstaff. Langstaff. Okay. Langstaff Secondary. Yeah. Which is now French Immersion. And it's a much yes. bigger school than it was when I went there. But uh, yeah, very um, good. there was under 600 students there when I went. Well, yep. Things have changed. Okay, yes. Jeff. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Like, did you take music, drama, acting lessons? Yeah. So when I first started out, I was always, I always had a good musical ear, but basically when I was younger, it started with piano lessons. Like it always does, often does. I was in grade two of school. My parents enrolled me with lessons at the school. And that gradually, fairly quickly morphed into, after about a year, I went to Royal Conservatory and I graduated to a, a proper conservatory teacher and I did that for 10 years so I classically trained and I got the grade seven you're always supposed to try to get the grade eight because then you can teach but uh, by then I was 17 and discovered a few other things in life and (laughs) piano lessons went on the side a little bit but uh, uh, I I did enough to to learn the proper way to play and the proper technique so I'm glad I, I did it all but I did learn a lot more after the lessons as well like most professional musicians do us similar and whether it's guitar drums whatever it is you tend to learn more with the practical aspects of being a musician right so how did you come about doing this show epic elton so i i guess i went to when i finished at langstaff i went to york university okay um not for music i did for for history and geography had a double major was geography first and urban planning really um but i was also playing piano bars downtown and in some Richmond Hill, we, we, we were one of the earliest acts to ever play at, uh, um, can I say, can I say the name of a business in Richmond Hill? I'd like to promote Archibald's neighborhood yeah. pub. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. We used to go there when it was a pizza place. So <laughs> that's how old we are. Uh-huh. But we, in 1988, we're, we, we did the, there was uh, fun nights there with, with Tom Barlow, who's a Grammy nominee now. And, and he used to run a jam night. And that's how it kind of got started. Those kind of places and mm-hmm. downtown playing the piano bars. And people just say, oh, you sound more like Elton John than anyone else. Uh-huh. 
uh, so early 80s into the 90s. And then 1995, I hooked up with a music manager and we started the Elton John Tribute. Ooh, so you have been doing it for a while. Yes, twenty over 28 years. Wow, yeah. amazing. Okay. <laughs> I don't so, like to think of it that way, but yes. <laughs> okay. Now, were you always an Elton John fan? And did you ever get to see him live? Uh, I was always a I was always a fan of all the piano based artists like Elton John, Billy Joel. I was probably a bigger Billy Joel fan growing up than Elton John. And then Bruce Hornsby later and a few other jazz players and class, you know, and I like all the classical players as well. But because it was more because of the voice, my voice sounded more like Elton than anyone else, that it sort of naturally flowed from there. Um, and I have seen him many times. I probably saw him every time he played in Toronto. The same with Billy Joel, the same with, you know, Paul McCartney. There's a few other ones in there I would always go to see mm -hmm. from the mid 80s until very recently. I think the only shows I missed for Elton John were when I, either with I was working or when I knew he would come back at the end of the tour and play again. Mm -hmm. So I did go to this most recent tour, the last time at Skydome, we, I went with my, my drummer mm -hmm. together and we saw his last concert ever in Toronto at, at the Dome. So that was, yeah. that was a fun night. And then he was there for two nights and it was 50,000 people. It was a bit crazy. And then that was also the day, interesting enough, that uh, the Queen passed. Mm. So the Queen, we woke up that morning no, knowing that the you know, by, by lunchtime, we knew that the queen had passed away and we were wondering, oh, maybe, maybe he's mm. going to cancel the concert because they were, you know, he's so close yeah. with the royal family. You, you never know. And he's, yeah. but no, nope, everything went on as, as planned. And then he did, uh, he did dedicate the song. Don't let the sun go down on me to, mm. he was talking about the queen, did the dedication and then said, this is for mom. That's how we said it. So that was interesting. So it was fun. Yeah. Okay. But well, we're glad that it went on. <laughs> yeah. Very good. Well, I'm glad to hear you have had the opportunity, many opportunities to actually uh, see uh, Elton uh, perform in person. So, you know, um, Elton is something, is a, a performer that I associate with someone who is not older, older adults. I will not use the word senior. So older adults um, have an affinity for him. But I was just asking my 30-something sons, uh, you heard of Elton John? And uh, uh, they said, well, yes, I heard about him in Family Guy and on The Simpsons and uh, in some movies. <laughs> yes. So he is well-known, well past that generation. But uh, Yes, and it's very interesting because just to add to that, um, on the most recent run of shows we've been doing, and I do bad shows and solo shows and all kinds of different types of shows. Sometimes I work with other performers. Uh, the audience is actually getting more diversified and younger because I did some shows in Halifax last year and on, on the East Coast, it was more noticeable. Whole families, three generations were coming. So you had the grandkids, the parents and the grandparents because th there's all the older generation, <laughs> as you say. Yeah. <laughs> I try not to say <laughs> the seniors, but there's the, uh, the original generation that grew up with Elton John. But then there's the 1980s version of Elton John fans. So when he came out with I'm Still Standing, and I guess that's why they call it the blues. So though that's 40 years ago. The 70s was 50 years ago. But then also in the 90s, there was the Lion King stuff. So we have a bunch of people who saw that in the theaters as kids who are now about 30. Mm -hmm. So they're coming in and even younger. Yeah. And then now he's had a couple worldwide hits with, with uh, Dua Lipa and Britney Spears. So now there's teenagers coming. 
Hmm. That never happened 10 years ago. None of that happened 15, 20 years ago. But it's, the audience is literally getting younger as they get older. So it's it's very interesting. Yeah, that is very interesting. Okay. Do you have a favorite Elton John song? Mm, I get asked that a lot. And really only is one song that I, I never get tired of. I get tired of a few of them. But uh, your song, you know, it's a little bit funny. Uh, I think I was playing that when I was taking piano lessons, I think before I was 10, mm. I, I learned that song. So I've been playing that song for a long, 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 long time. And I never get tired of that one. We do a, a nice version of it with the band and without the band. Mm-hmm. The songs that we tend to play every single show, like Crocodile Rock, sometimes can be a little, <laughs> <laughs> a little, little tedious for us. But as soon as we start that song, the audience goes crazy. Come to, yeah, they and come they're always going to... Gonna, they come to life. They're always going to be singing along and dancing. So any any thoughts of any negative thoughts go immediately out of your head and it becomes a fun sort of situation. But that's a song. I don't think I've done a show where I haven't played that song. OK, OK. <laughs> sure. So we'll hear it on October the 7th. OK, you will hear it. Okay. Absolutely. Yes. OK. I do think of Elton John as a flashy dresser. Do you play the part? Do you like make a few costume changes? during the show uh absolutely yep there will be costume changes in richmond hill there's be a lot of sequins uh <laughs> the running joke is you can always tell where i've been because there's a trail of feathers all through the change room or <laughs> at the piano sometimes you know people from the front row will wait till the show's over they leave and then they look over and they see all the pile of feathers underneath my piano bench and they sneak up and try to grab them and <laughs> <come> back <laughs> So it gets interesting but the, with the feathers because they're hard to clean up and it's hard to pick them all up. But, yeah, there'll be uh, glass, glasses, hats, feathers, sequins, shiny things. Okay. Okay. Sounds like heavy, fun. Very heavy jackets. Yes. Yes. Okay. Now, is it – do you do other shows? Is it just the one sh- epic Elton show that you you focus on? Okay. Well, yeah, usually it's epic Elton. And for many years, by the way, the show was called Betty and the Jets also. So Epic Elton has been around for about two years because I just wanted something more specific and not a song title of the artist. So, um, and just within Elton John, I do all kinds of shows, like so, with the band, without the band. We do a lot of corporate shows, private shows. I, Elton's a very versatile uh, tribute to do because I can walk into someone's living room and basically play their own piano for a birthday party or something like that. So people who have the means will have a, a fairly high-end uh, a, a gathering and it, you know they, if they hire someone like me they want to you know they want a, a proper show but I don't have to have the whole band I can have live tracks that have the band pre-recorded and I play and sing just as I normally would um, and recently I've been doing some sort of higher end I do substitute in uh, for Benny Anderson in a group called ABBA Revisitive it's an ABBA tribute. They are a worldwide tribute. They are very, very good. Yeah. I just spent the early part of the month, almost two weeks, we were in the Philippines with them. So both of us travel quite a bit. You know, last year I was in Hong Kong and we did Philippines. Previously, I was in Dubai and I don't know, I did some shows in Cuba many years ago, uh, Korea, South Korea. So it's it can most of our shows are in Canada and the US, but sometimes international travel gets fits in there too. Wow, that's in, quite, very interesting. So, yeah, I was wondering, I watched one of your YouTubes and I wasn't certain <laughs> if I would, would you'd see at the show, uh, more is it just you on stage? 
Uh, no, this is uh, Richmond Hill uh, Performing Arts Center. That'll be a full band show. It's a full band. Full okay. band. Some of the some of the YouTube videos are the solo show. Yeah, mm -hmm. just to show, yeah, help promote different kinds of shows. But that's a full band show. There's also full video presentation on a big screen. And we you know we've been to a lot of theaters across the country, and the the audio visual presentation at Richmond Hill is almost one of the biggest mm -hmm. in terms of the screen size and the and the screen quality. It's very very nice. Okay. So there's something else to look at other than just us on stage or just me, even if it's just me, a couple songs I do alone without the band, but then there's visuals maybe for candle in the wind and there's Marilyn Monroe, or there's a lot of different things to look at on the stage when we're, when we're having okay. our fun up there. Okay. That's, I was wondering what the show would actually be like. So yeah. Um, have you performed at the RHCPA before? Uh, once before. It was always a running joke because both my kids went to Alexander McKenzie, the art school, mm -hmm. and they both did, well, one did drama, one did music. Uh, not to a crazy extent. Neither of them are, are, are following that now because they're a little bit older, but they have played there multiple times. Mm -hmm. And me, the, you know, supposed to be the, the professional musician in the house. I hadn't played there until two years ago. <laughs> and they had, they had already played there half a dozen times each by then. Oh, so yes. I've got some catching up to do. You and that do. show was a solo. That show was with an Ed Sheeran tribute. So it was a bit of a different. It wasn't called even Epic Elton. It was a different show touring. Okay. And that was the very first show back at the theater. Interesting enough, after COVID. So COVID, after the year and a half off, the theaters that most of the Canadian theaters were shut down even a little bit longer. Uh, so everything was basically in mothballs. You had to pull everything out fresh for our show. There was a few technical glitches, but it all worked out well in the end because those guys are really good there. They are, but, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, the whole crew, the guys and girls, it, it, fantastic staff. But we had to. That was still in the days when you had to have not just masks, but you had to have. Uh, uh, ID and your vaccine status just for us to get in the back door to do sound check, right? Ooh. It was very careful and uh, social distancing. And uh, I think it was a half capacity was max, but on top of the social distancing that made it about a quarter capacity only. So yeah. we were lucky to get the shows in. Yeah, you were. Uh, yeah. I like not to yeah. remember those days. So glad that's no, us. no, I know. Yeah. yeah. yeah okay. <laughs> I was one of the lucky ones because I could cross the border. And yes. the U.S. opened a little earlier than we did, so I could do some shows over there, some mm -hmm. good-paying shows, uh, at, you know, as if the Americans were going to do them. So uh, my visa hadn't expired yet, and a lot of other guys, their people, their visas had expired, and I could work there legally for several months before anyone else could. So that was it benefited me. Yeah. In a, in a, it was just a, a, it was fortunate the way it worked out, but it, it did help out a lot at the end there. Okay, so um. We're talking about the Richmond Hill Center for Performing Arts. I have a yes. I have a very high regard for it. I believe it's a real asset to our community. Definitely. I have enjoyed it many times. So, um, what makes a a place a really good place to perform? Like, what 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 do you like to see in a place? Well, first of all, yes, I agree. Richmond Hill is, and yeah, Richmond Hill, the town of Richmond Hill, is not huge, but it's fairly large compared to. We were just in uh, southern Manitoba last week, and we played in Winkler, Manitoba. And, you know, Winkler, Manitoba, there's a big sign that says, you know, Manitoba's fourth biggest city, but it's only 13,000 people. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> and we played in another town even smaller, uh, <clears throat> a few of them. 
And they were, you know, tickets were selling out and it was nice. And some of these places have nice, much smaller theaters. But the Richmond Hill one, as far as a community type theater goes, is is one of the best. The acoustics are good. The stage is the right size. It's not overly large, overly small. Uh, for me personally, they have a beautiful a piano. They have a Steinway piano. So that's good for my show. And it doesn't get used probably for all their shows, obviously. But and also it's the people, the people who work there, they really care about what they do. I've been exchanging emails with one of the tech people there this week, and they really want to get everything right before you arrive. So they they take care of us. They take care of the show, the way it looks, the way it sounds. So it's it's always a knowing that they care about what they do makes makes it more fun for us. It makes it less not stressful, but less, it's just easier when you're going to, you're going to walk in, you don't have to worry about this and that it's being taken care of and anything you need, they have. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it, it is, it's been a, from my experience and all the times I've been there, even with the kids before my own shows, it's, it's been a, a great experience. Okay. Well, thank you for that perspective. Cause I'm usually in the audience and it's a few times I've got to be on stage, but uh, yeah, I'm usually in the audience and I, you take so much of what happens for granted and that's good. So. Yeah, you do, and 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 it all—it's all in the hands of a certain amount of people, and they—they they, if they do their job well, it always works out. And sometimes it's not—it's not always like that. Yeah, and we do. We travel quite a bit, like I said, in a lot of theaters in North America, and uh, a lot of them are volunteers too. A lot of people who aren't uh, actually the technical people. A lot of them are volunteers, and and if, without them, some of these shows just couldn't happen. Mm-hmm. So I always like to point out the volunteers during the show yeah. as well. Okay, very good. So is there anything else that you'd like to add, like to say about this show and, and such? Um, no, I just think it's, like I said, it, it appeals to so many people. If you're thinking about coming, come on out. We'd love to fill the place up. We've got some balcony seats available that we'd love to have people in. But as far as the show itself goes, I mean, um, um, we cover 51 years, I think 52 years inclusive of hits, of Elton John hits. We try to get as many hit songs in there as we can. Uh, of course, you can't get them all in. He has, there's so many hits. My, my stage line is people will yell out this, they yell out requests, and they say, well, we have 45 minutes and we have 45 albums to choose from this set, right? <laughs> so it's, <laughs> it's not always possible to fit everything in. And a lot of people like the ballads. You know, if I asked what your favorite song is, they're going to say, you know, Candle in the Wind or Tiny Dancer. They're all ballads. Nine out of ten will be ballads anyway. Mm. So if we do everything they want, it'll just be a slow night. And nobody wants... The ballads have to be there, the important ones, and they they all will be. But uh, you can't do that for the whole the whole two sets worth of songs. Or it right. just gets, it bogs it down a little bit. As much as people want to hear it, even they want to get up and dance a little bit and sing. There'll be sing-alongs and there will be certain sections to clap and put your phone lighters on and all that kind of stuff. So it's it's generally works out really well for a nice mixed crowd. And the crowds, like I said, they're they're not uh, as as old as you think. It's it's a it's middle age is very popular now with, with the middle age crowd. So okay, very good. So and it's it sounds like there's two sets intermission. You can go get a beer, come back and enjoy the second set. Exactly, and it all depends on the beer sales. How long the intermission will be? Okay, <laughs> and the and the washroom break, of course. <laughs> yes. Okay. Okay. I do like to end podcasts asking the same question of all guests. Name one thing you really like about this community. Okay. I, I, I was thinking about this because I can't name just one thing. 
I can name two quick things. Okay. But the one thing, we live in the Mill Pond area, Mill Pond community. That's where we live. And we've been here for 21 years. Mm. It's my wife and I and my two daughters grew up here. One has, has moved out. They're both in their 20s. But the one thing I really want to say is our particular street in our particular neighborhood, and I'm not going to name it, but it's a crescent. So there's not a lot of through traffic. Everyone on our street are, is about the same age. Our kids were the same age. They've all grown up together. In fact, my daughter who lives at home right now is out with that same group of people that they've they just moved out. They just got married, two of them. Uh, it's such a, a great community. Uh, David West, counselor, it was Councillor David West was our representative for a while. And now, of course, he's the mayor. He we went to school with David at Lagstaff. Oh. Okay, I think we're yes. a, I think we're a year apart, but yeah, yeah. Uh, in his previous career, he was a, a, a very high-end wedding photographer, and he actually did our wedding in 1994. Oh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't want to mention the mayor anymore, but he's okay. a friend of ours. He yeah. says he knows our street by name because we're such a community-oriented street. We all like the same things about the area. No one's moved out. They're all still here. All the kids are still friends. So that's the first thing. It's just we love our street and, and the surrounding couple streets, and we're really close to the uh, Alexander McKenzie High School there, so and near the hospital. Mm -hmm. And the other thing is, I love Mill Pond. Mm -hmm. That's the second thing. And Mill Pond is, you know, when when I went to Langstaff in the '80s, we actually performed at Mill Pond in 1985. <laughs> We've got pictures from that when the when the stage used to be always be on the ice because the winters were cold enough to guarantee it would be frozen. And now it's not like that anymore. Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, through the years, even when I didn't live exactly here, when I lived with my parents, always we went to Mill Pond, summertime, wintertime, winter carnival. Um, and now it's become my office, my, uh, my office outside the home, because my wife during COVID, she was working from home full time. And at the end of COVID, I started working again full time. So we're competing on the phone <laughs> in the house for the same space. So I just kind of grabbed my stuff put it in my backpack, walked or took my bike to Mill Pond. And that became my, I have a certain picnic bench I always went to. And that was overlooked the water. And that was my home office, my, mm. my, my outdoor office, whatever the weather permitted. And that's, yeah. you know, all summer. Yeah. And I, we were on the, my whole family and I were on the cover of uh, uh, Neighbors of Richmond Hill magazine, mm -hmm. which was, which was nice. They contacted me and the publisher came to one of our shows and he uh, he put the photo of my home office in the magazine because he thought, well, that's great. That's like yeah. one of the greatest advertisements for the for not just for me, but for the pond, yeah. right? <laughs> and a lot of people do that now. You can just see them out there with their earbuds talking or writing or whatever they have to do on their laptop, and it, it just became such a great place. And it's such a connection from now back to 1982 when I first moved here. Mm -hmm. Okay, I love that. I often go to the mill pond. Was there yesterday, so it is all all great. That uh, yeah, and I was there the other day too. <laughs> okay, <laughs> yeah, so, all was good. Actually, I saw David uh, West at the uh, Mill Pond Gallery. They had a special show, so he was there and uh, and such. And I think the week before, I had on a guest from that do international folk dancing at Mill Pond, and I was oh. convinced to go and do international folk dancing there too. So it is a popular spot for lots of things. So yes. Uh, Jeff, very much enjoyed this conversation. I hope the show goes so well. And again, I'll put the link for getting tickets and uh, for your website um, in the podcast notes. So thanks again, Jeff. Thank you for listening. 
I would very much appreciate you sharing this podcast. Please tune in next week as we continue to explore the community. Consider emailing me at marge, M-A-R-J, at margeandre.com. I welcome suggestions for podcast guests. Stay well, stay connected.